Welcome to the Give to Profit podcast, the podcast that inspires business owners, entrepreneurs and leaders to turn their business into a profitable force for good. During our bi-weekly episodes, you'll hear business leaders and entrepreneurs share how they put charitable giving and social impact at the heart of their business and the many benefits that come from doing this. You can find full show notes for today's show and join our member community at givetoprofit.com where you can also sign up to receive regular business giving tips. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and Stitcher and it would be great if you could make it easier for people to find us by leaving us a rating and review there or on Facebook. For every review we receive, we give a child in Cambodia access to a day of education. So now here's your host, business mentor, speaker and best-selling author, Alison McKenzie. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Give to Profit podcast show. This is your host, Alison McKenzie, and today I'm delighted to be here with a friend, Kate Helder, who is co-founder of a conference company called Mind Heart Connect. Today we're going to be talking about how to engage conference audiences with fundraising activities and how you can really add something different to your events so that they can be not only the brilliant events that you intend for them to be, but they can actually also be doing good at the same time. Now, I met Kate through a mutual friend, Laurie Layden, a couple of years ago. And last year we had, oh, it was just wonderful to meet up and spend some time with Kate when I was responsible for pulling together the fundraising element of their first conference on the Gold Coast in Australia. It was just an incredible couple of days where we raised over 20,000 Australian dollars that helped fund a trauma healing program for Indigenous people in Australia. So welcome, Kate. It's lovely to have you on the show. Thanks, Alison. I'm very excited to be here. So I always start by asking my guests to share a little bit about their journey. How have you become the person you are today doing what you're doing today? How long have we got? (laughs) (laughs) I think when I was reflecting on some of the things you might have been asking, it was like, wow, how did I actually end up here now? Which is really a blessing. And every day I wake up and I'm in complete gratitude of what I'm doing because Probably a good 17 years ago, I wasn't. I was waking up each day feeling rather heavy of heart and working in an industry that really wasn't filling me up. So I took a bit of a career change of path and went and did lots of things, studied things in the wellbeing industry, studied nutrition, dabbled with essential oils and anything that was leading me towards a path that connected the concept of the fact that emotions do actually have an impact on our physical being. And I don't know, I just sort of kept thinking there's more, there's more, there's more. And I kept doing a lot of different things. And I think my husband was actually getting quite sick of me for saying, oh, this is what you're doing now, is it sort of getting the raising of eyebrows. But I was fortunate enough in 2015 to meet my business partner, Dr. Peter Stapleton, who was at an exhibition where she was looking at a product that I'd launched with another girlfriend, which was effectively a reference deck of cards to assist people with self-care. And she saw the EFT, which is Emotional Freedom Techniques, and she's a research professor here in Australia on that particular technique. 
So it was all directed by forces other than I would have ever known possible. And before I knew it, Peter and I had decided that we really wanted to get together to create a company. And then we created the first Mind Heart Connect event on the Gold Coast. And that was where I had the great privilege of meeting you and being wooed by what was possible in nonprofit and give to profit sector. Yeah. I, even though I've known you, Kate, for a couple of years, it's good to just hear your journey. And it's probably, it's one that I can relate, different aspects to it. I think I can relate to our own individual journeys are very different. But quite often, I think a lot of the guests that I have on this show have come from a place where they weren't getting fulfillment in what they were doing and have transitioned into something else. So it's just good mm. to hear a little bit more about your story. So would you like to just share a little bit more about what Mind Heart Connect is about now? Yeah, for sure. So Mind Heart Connect, when we established the company, was really evolving as an events and workshop company. And the main reason for developing it was I had been exposed to so many different self-care techniques and some are kind of flaky and some are evidence-based. And I really wanted to create a brand that would build that bridge for the sceptics, which I was one point in time. And to those people who already have the awareness and know the benefits that are available to all of us when we actually take the time each day to embrace self-care in the way that is for you. So Peter being the research professor at Bond University on the Gold Coast and really specialising in this technique, emotional freedom techniques, we really wanted to elevate it as a technique here, first and foremost, in the Australian market. It's quite big in the US and I know there's quite a large following also in the UK but there's also been a lot of practitioners who haven't necessarily done the technique a lot of justice. So when we held the first event one of the key things was to have keynote speakers who had nothing to do with the emotional freedom techniques and also other speakers who already did. So we had keynote speakers who were able to present techniques on meditation and mindfulness, people who were from the medical profession, talking about stress reduction, and then introducing the emotional freedom techniques in a very professional forum that allowed people to actually gravitate towards it if it was something that was calling to them. So that was really the start of Mind Heart Connect as an events company. And moving forward, we're just doing the large event on the Gold Coast every two years. And in between times, smaller workshops that still fit our brand. And one of the key components of the brand is that anything that we promote and facilitate workshops in and events, it has to be evidence-based. And that's really one of the critical points to the whole brand, the reason why it all came together and really to elevate techniques that are there to help people in all aspects of their lives. Brilliant. So, yeah, I mean, I must admit there's been many reasons why I really like what you are doing with Mind Heart Connect. And without a doubt, I think what does stand out is the evidence-based approach. You know, that seemed to me seems to be what makes your event very different to a lot of other wellbeing events I've been to. And I was also really impressed, actually, with the number of people that you got to attend that first event, plus the mix, because it was full of medical practitioners, which isn't often the case for well-being type events, is it? No, I think quite often it's the opposite. <laughs> it's everybody else who's seeking something, but they're not quite sure what it is. Yeah, absolutely. And I felt there was a whole other energy to the event because there was so much substance in the talks but actually also with the range of different guests. I, I thought it was the energy was incredible. 
Now, I know that you started off doing the, just the events side of things, but you're also looking at now setting up a foundation, aren't you? Yes, so that came about in a very interesting way. It was always something that Peter and I were keen to establish a foundation to Mind Heart Connect. And I think when we first started the event, it was like, you know what, it's too hard. We've got too much on our plate. We'll get to it at some point in time. But we always knew it was something that we did want to embrace. And I think then when I had the connection with Dr. Laurie Layden, who already had worked with you, and Laurie said, well, you know what, Alison would be able to really help us here. And I went, oh, okay. So it was, it kind of just evolved organically. And it was really, I think, having the trust in Laurie and then also having the trust in you because I knew of your relationship that it was one of those things where I just sort of said, well, this is what we're doing now, and then handed it over to whatever was meant to happen, which ended up being exceptionally exciting. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And diving into that just a little bit more, why is it important for you that you have the foundation? What is it that, that makes that really attractive to you or connects with your heart? Yeah. I think from all the benefits that I could see with the techniques that we were educating people on was they were techniques that I really wanted to reach as many people in community as feasible as possible. And I know quite often with various education programs and techniques that a lot of people who really need it most aren't in a financial position to be able to come along and learn from the experts and then be able to take that knowledge back into their homes and into their communities and workplace. So it was one of those things where A, it was wanting to be able to touch as many people as possible but also to be in a position where we could be in control of the ongoing fundraising and having the ability to ensure that the vision we had for the programs we wanted to put in place here in Australia, that we would have the ability through our own efforts and those who would engage with our vision and mission to be able to come on board as funders for the projects moving forward. And effectively what you've got there is... It's exactly what I talk about in the Give to Profit model. You've got commercial part business and a foundation. And mm. the commercial part is actually feeds, if you like, the foundation. Correct. Yeah. Which is fantastic. And it's also, I think, one of the other things that came to mind when you were speaking was, I know a lot of people have a challenge of, well, which cause do I support? Do I support a cause is similar to my type of business or that's different? And I think what you've shown is a really good example of how we can actually be offering the same services or support through our business and a foundation, but it's about having clear boundaries about which goes through which vehicle, if you like. Yeah, for sure. And also too, I think one of the key things with anything that we do, whether it's commercial or in the foundation, is it has to be something that inspires us to leap out of bed each day and to jump the hurdles when they crop up and to really feel that passion for what it is that we're creating. Yeah. Is there any particular impact that you would like to have through Mind Heart Connect, either the foundation, the business, or as a collective? 
As a collective, as I said, it really is touching as many people's lives as possible. Through the foundation, it is supporting those in the community who are leaders and serving populations really with the greatest need for emotional healing. And if you just take a snapshot of a lot of countries today, whether it be the UK or the US and here in Australia, we all have the crisis with refugees. We just have to look at the impact of the trauma that they face in their lives through seeking an asylum in other countries. And then also, too, for countries where we have deep Indigenous history, that white man's come along and really trampled a fairly significant path in a lot of countries, and we haven't necessarily had the respect for those who have been before us on this land. So I think with the foundation, that is certainly our key focus. You know, and the impact, if we're able to make significant inroads and create the platform to deliver the programs that we're holding the vision for, as long as that takes, when the day comes and I go to rest and my time here for the moment is finished, that will certainly fill my heart with a lot of gratitude. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And I think you pick up on it. There's so many different elements there to what you've shared in terms of the trauma for the refugees and quite rightly, the very, very negative impact, the colonization and many other things that we've done in the world as white people from the Western world. There's a lot of restorative work we've got to do there. Um, Mm. And it's nice to hear that that's part of what you're doing. It really is. So when we very first started off speaking about the fundraising element of the conference, can you remember how you thought it could work? I mean, what were the initial thoughts when Laurie mentioned that to you? My thought was really, oh my goodness, how is this going to work? And I think probably one of my concerns was not wanting the fundraising piece to sort of take away from the essence of the event. I think maybe I'd had negative experiences throughout my life where I'd kind of been at events and then felt as if I was being sold on a service or sold on charity and maybe it left a fairly negative taste in my mouth. But I honestly had no idea how it was going to look and hadn't given it a lot of thought, but it was certainly as we went through the strategic plan together when we finally did get together and obviously... (laughs) the things we discussed leading into the event, that it really started to take shape beautifully and exceeded any idea that I would have had as humanly possible in the time frame that we had. Yeah, I must admit, Kate, as well. I mean, it blew me away in terms of what actually happened at the event. And maybe actually we need to just talk a little bit about that to sort of, so people listening to this could get an idea of what actually happened. And then we can come back and talk through different aspects around that. Would you like to share in your words what, what we did at the event? You're probably better to give more insights <laughs> into the strategies that took place, but certainly from a perspective of announcing what we were wanting to do with uh, launching a Mind Heart Connect Foundation and collaborating with Dr Laurie Layden with Project Light for Project Light Australia. It created, I think, level of connectedness with the attendees that when it was announced and we had the honour of witnessing Laurie's documentary once again and seeing the work that she had undertaken in Rwanda and then really, I think, people connecting that to what could be possible here in Australia. So it was really through the announcement. I think it was really through the connection of hearts between you, Laurie, myself, 
then that being felt by event attendees as to what really can be possible when we all just take that little bit extra and take that extra step to contribute and to contribute to something that's far greater than ourselves. Yeah, definitely. And picking up on what you've said there, for anybody listening, there were a number of things that we did. We did have things like we were showing a documentary about the work that Laurie and I and the Project Light Rwanda had done in Rwanda with genocide survivors there. So people had a flavour of the work. We also had a couple of people there. So Laurie was there, I was there. And you, you knew Laurie as well. So quite a lot of us knew about the potential for what you were trying to do and get set up in Australia. And I think it was being able to communicate. And one of the things that it was definitely the series of things that we did. So having the film, having a number of people on stage talking about and even things like, remember the mirror bracelets? Because people Mm. were talking about when Laurie was on stage, the Miracle Breed bracelets, which we used to raise funds, were lighting up in the dark. So people were then Mm. coming and we were selling them to raise funds. So we'd actually thought through quite a lot of things in advance to make that work. But it was also the way, I think, that we engaged people who were had stands at the audience, the speakers. Everybody mm. was just on board. And even I was overwhelmed that I think what had been on stage about five, not even five minutes, when somebody came on stage and pledged $5,000, <laughs> um, which just blew me away. And we then had a rush for anybody who wasn't there. We then had a massive rush on the stand afterwards for all the things that people wanted to bid for and buy raffle tickets and all sorts of other things. And I think one of the things that as somebody who helps people with this is really important is to be thinking about what is going to make it fun and enjoyable for attendees, help them engage with the hosts of the event, Mm -hmm. but also each other and other people there. I think that's all important so people don't get exactly what you said right at the start of this, that feeling of that they've been sold to or there's been a picture request for money, mm-hmm. which, mm-hmm. You know, which it definitely wasn't. It was all about engagement and how we could add more to the events. So picking up, I mean, I remember when we were sitting through one of those strategy conversations, I can remember coming up with a goal, which I think was around about 4,000 to start with. And we managed to get it to about eight by the end of the call. How did you <laughs> feel when we raised over 20,000? I was completely blown away. I think when we did have the one individual who came on stage and pledged the $5,000, it was beautiful and it really set the mark for what was possible. I think apart from tears on stage from Laurie and probably you and myself, it was just one of those things where we can all spend so much time doing things for ourselves or spending money to go to an event or to learn something, but just to do that little bit extra. And it was also something that all the keynote speakers were engaged with and they all contributed their products and services without hesitation. And the ability today as well with online programs, they've got a very high dollar value, but at the end of the day, that's actually not costing the person who owns the online program really any overhead to be able to honour that and deliver that as a gift as well for the end recipient. And we had people bidding for items and the bids were just phenomenal. And then the excitement when they won the bid was phenomenal. So (laughs) it was really, it just was cascading of miracles. It was an incredible experience. So overall, how did you feel about the process of having those first conversations and we talked through different ideas and then just even to be able to trust that it was going to work? What were your thoughts through the process? Yeah, look, I think initially I was probably a little bit cold on the idea. 
but because I was passionate about the cause, it was like, right, how is this going to work? How is it going to feel that it's okay? How is it going to sit with the brand? Event attendees going to react to what we're doing? And I think just through your expertise, your guidance, your ability to really tailor the approach and also the way that we set the strategy in place to engage people willing to donate to the cause and also the keynote speakers happy to donate all their products. And just the fact, I think you had a fantastic Google Doc that was sent through with a covering note saying, this is what we're doing, we'd love your participation. And you just made the process so streamlined that none of it seemed hard. Good. So lovely to hear you say that. For anybody listening, this is the first time we've actually had this in-depth conversation. <laughs> so I'm glad it was a good experience for you in more than just raising the money. Yeah, totally. Totally. No, I mean, very relaxed and I think moving forward, I'm hoping that we're coercing you back to Australia for May 2019, Alison. <laughs> Yes, it's in my diary. It definitely oh, is. You're there. I'm already planning events around it. I'm planning a gift off at Bali. There's treats on either side or one side of it. I don't know which side yet. So Perfect. yes, I will be there. I will be there. <laughs> I'm also hoping to do some other gift to profit work in Australia mm-hmm. too. So that would be really good. In terms of raising the money was great, but what actual impact did that have? What did that enable you guys to then go off and do? So after the event, we also had another fundraising event in Melbourne, which again was taken on by a couple of friends that I knew through my business. And they said, we'd love to host a fundraising evening while Dr. Laurie Layden's in Melbourne. And we had another incredible evening with auction items and everything. And at that event, we were able to raise a similar amount. So we ended up with funds that have enabled us to move forward with delivering one program that we delivered in country Victoria to Indigenous community and to leaders in that community to assist with the transgenerational trauma. And again, with any of these programs that are being offered, the basis of them is the clinical emotional freedom techniques. So that's really the key if people are listening and kind of thinking, yeah, but what is the program? So it's a technique that is known to be so effective with trauma and it's used in the United States for returned servicemen for post-traumatic stress disorder. And it's just the most incredibly powerful technique that individuals can use once they know it. So even though we can go and deliver a program in a remote area, when we leave, they have the skills and techniques to be able to utilise it for their own self-care. And running that program in regional Victoria allowed us to tap into the Indigenous community It also gave us the ability to meet with others who are interested in healing in those remote communities. And we've been able to sponsor uh, Laurie's work back here in Melbourne. So that was in the May 2017. She returned here in November 2017 and we ran more programs and this time being able to expose the work to the Asylum Seekers Resource Centre and really looking for partnerships with organisations that are doing the most incredible work in the non-profit sector 
but being able to add another technique, another tool and self-care tool for their people in the field. Because I think quite often with a lot of the humanitarian work that is being done, it's the people who at the coalface and working in the field that so often are forgotten. And if we can provide techniques and services that assist them, well, long-term, the programs that are rolling out right around the world will have far better ability to reach the targets they're, they're wanting, not have the burnout with people who are involved with the programs and really doing something quite substantive. So Laurie's returning again this coming May here to Melbourne and we've been fortunate enough to connect with an Indigenous group in Western Australia which is right over the other side in Northwestern Australia in the Kimberley region and we're off there to facilitate the program. And again, it's been through those funds we've had the ability to launch everything that we're doing and to be able to have the momentum, I think, and keep the momentum to the point now where the Mind Heart Connect Foundation, which was only ever a dream, is now an established entity. And we're just going through the process of getting all the different tax statuses that we need for here in Australia. So that then I'm hoping after this May, come November 2018, the foundation will be in a position where we'll be able to bring Laurie back. And it's not just about Laurie and her work, it's being able to give scholarships and sponsorships for some of the programs that we also run under the Mind Heart Connect umbrella with evidence-based EFT for educators and health professionals. And also another program, Tapping in the Classroom, which is specifically for our teachers and educators. So there's lots of different aspects to the foundation, but it's all about bringing this technique and the ability for self-healing to a very broad community. What I'm hearing there, again, there was lots of different aspects, but one of the things that I heard you talk about initially was exactly that, you used the word momentum. You had the money to then immediately go out and go and do projects that you'd hoped to do, but you were actually able to do them. And it's fantastic to hear that this is now just growing and expanding in terms of the impact that you're now going to be able to have. So you did the fundraising at the conference, then I know you did, you know, a number of other events as well. How do you feel your fundraising events and activities have strengthened the Mind Heart Connect brand? Oh, look, completely. Without the fundraising we did at the event on the Gold Coast and then the subsequent smaller event in Melbourne, it would have all just still been something we were talking about. It would have been, oh, gee, I'd really like to do that, but how's it going to happen? The fundraising piece is really the piece that gave us that ability to take the vision and dream and really be able to deliver it in a very short space of time. And I think that was probably one of the things that blew me away the most as well was how quickly it all went from being just a dream and an idea and a vision to actualising. And so for you, if there's anybody listening who organises events and conferences and they're just considering, would adding a fundraising element make sense to me? What would you say to them? Look, if the fundraising has the aspect of connecting with your cause and your brand and it is something that you feel your event attendees would be engaged in that message, go for it. You would be completely mad not to even if you're a little bit hesitant, like I was. It's just so powerful. And when I reflect on the event, the fundraising piece 
And when we received the event feedback post-event, the evaluation, the fundraising pitch came up as something as a time at the event where people really felt connected, connected to something far greater than themselves and really feeling as if they were in a position to be able to give back. And I think that's the thing, isn't it? Some people have an association to fundraising as all just being one way and a request for money. Whereas when it's done in the way that we did it and when it's done well by many other people, it's actually about a connection and giving other people the opportunity to give is actually in itself a gift. Yeah, totally. And we had so much fun with it. I think at the event, it was really a matter of six hours. So from the time we really did the pitch for the fundraising, it was six hours by the time I think you were back on stage and announced the revenue that had been raised. It was just phenomenal. Absolutely. That mad dash on the table, I will never forget. But it was, it was great, great fun. I know that you're going to be using MindHeart Connect, you know, the business part of your group of you, you know, gosh, I'm calling it a group now, but it is. You've got, you know, <laughs> I like that. We'll run with you've it. got the business element and the foundation <laughs> element. So it's, it's a small group, but it's a growing group. So you have the business element generating income for the foundation. I mean, would you be up for any other businesses raising funds for you? Oh, look, I think if anything that we've discussed today strikes a chord for people and they're interested, absolutely. It is growing and the group word is a good word. And coming across the UK, I think Peter and I were just chatting about it last weekend. And I think 2021 is looking like it might be the year we'd love to be able to bring our event to the UK and also to have the possibility of creating significant impact in other regions, not just in Australia. So look, if it calls to you and people are engaged, wonderful. And certainly over the next few weeks, we'll be in the process of setting up our foundation page website. So that wheels in motion as we speak. Definitely. And for anybody, any business owners who want to learn how to do that, then that's where they could actually come in to join the Give to Profit Fundraising Challenge, where I literally can show you how to do that. But actually, one thing which I'm just going to just announce live or request live is that, Kate, once you've got the foundation set up, I would love for you to be one of the causes that we have within the challenge so that anybody who wants to support you we can just make that as seamless as possible but also so that anybody who joins the challenge who doesn't know what causes to support they can choose you to start with and see where it goes that sounds absolutely amazing thank you Alison no it'd be fabulous it's funny I get lots of requests I'm getting quite a lot of requests from causes at the moment but the only causes that are actually within that challenge are causes that I know well and are doing good work mm, so, thank you yeah, it'd, it'd beautiful be wonderful to have you there so just sort of round off this conversation is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners in relation to what Alison <laughs> just anything anything what's the weather like over there in Australia at the moment? Um, just make us all sick in Europe no, um, <laughs> no just in connection with there's anybody who is still sitting on the fence about adding fundraising to events or their business is there any last words you'd or insights you'd like to share look i think in today's business climate it's more important than ever has been for organisations to be seen as doing good, whether it's a social enterprise or private enterprise. It's kind of an expectation, I think, in the marketplace today. And I suppose that was even something that I was aware of quite some time ago. And I think I was reading a book on Trends 2000. 
and it just kept popping up. People and businesses, we're here. We're not just here to generate income so that we can do all the things that we want to do and to provide a service is great. But with that service and with our skill sets and with all our combined passions, if we're actually able to make a positive contribution and to give back to this world that we're living in today and do it with something that really makes your heart sing. It's just the best feeling ever. So the Mind Heart Connect event for me was a highlight, but now being in the process of establishing the foundation and even as much as I hate writing business plans and I hate <laughs> doing strategies and I hate all that stuff, I should change my language around that because I don't hate it. I find it challenging because that's not my go-to, but... It really, really excites me and just knowing that what is possible and the positive impact that that has is just, it just it really lights me up. Oh, I can hear that. I really can. And you've just been the perfect person to take this little seed of an idea that you had when you spoke to Peter that first time. And the way that the two of you brought this together and with Laurie and everybody else that's involved, I am very excited to be part of what you're doing and to be here sharing your story because I think what you are doing is an inspiration. You do it exceptionally well and I'm just delighted to have been able to share that with our listeners today. Thank you so much. So I know that if you've been tuning into this episode, you will have got so much from this. Please do get in touch and share what your thoughts are. It'd be fantastic to hear from you. But thanks very much for tuning in. Remember, if you do want to get any further information about any of the things that Kate and I have talked about, check out give to profit or alison.com for the full show notes plus details of how you can support get in contact with Kate and I. Actually, Kate, do you want to just share for anybody that's listening, do you just want to just share the website details just now so that some people could just connect that way? Yeah, it's as simple as mindheartconnect.com. And if you're wanting to email and connect, just info at mindheartconnect.com and I'll be the happy recipient. Fantastic. Brilliant. And if anybody listening would like to add a charitable component to their events or conferences, please do again get in touch if you'd like to have a strategy session with me and we can explore how that might work for you. And if you're a business owner who would like to learn how to grow your business with fundraising events or activities, whether or not that is supporting MindHeart Connect or another cause that you might have close to your heart, remember to check out the Gift to Profit Fundraising Challenge or get in touch if you'd like to find out any more information about that as well. So thanks again for your time, Kate, and everybody tuning in. Until next time, remember, business is a great opportunity to be kind and what you do next matters. Thanks for listening to the Give to Profit podcast. You'll find full show notes for today's show at givetoprofit.com where you can also check out how to join the Give to Profit member community, a special place that you can connect with Alison and other like-minded business owners and entrepreneurs running businesses that are both profitable and doing good in the world. Or you can join the Gift to Profit Fundraising Challenge to learn how to incorporate fundraising into your business and marketing in ways that are effective, legal and grow your business. To find out more, go to gifttoprofit.com. And if you don't already have a copy of Alison's book, Gift to Profit, How to Grow Your Business by Supporting Charities and Social Causes, remember you can get a copy on Amazon and the book depository around the world.